0: West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: Take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Romans, the book of Romans. I wrote down two statements, two statements. Now you know and I know that the devil is after you. Did you know that? Did you know that the devil is after you? Now you know that because it says in the book of uh, Peter that um, the devil as a roaring lion seeketh whom he may devour. So you know that the devil is seeking whom he may devour. And he's looking for people that he can devour. Now you know he devours you in different ways. But if the devil was coming after you, well, how would the devil get to you? How would the devil get to you? Now you know that the devil wants to keep you, or the lost blinded, but he wants to keep the Christian from serving the Lord. So the devil, in order to get to you, to devour you, what would he have to do to get you? Do you think the devil might have an idea of your weaknesses? You think he might know your strengths, your assets, and your liabilities? Now, we don't believe that the devil can read your mind. But do you think he could read facial expressions? Maybe listening to the tone of your voice on things or attitudes, you know. How would the devil get to you? But then on the other hand, there's somebody else after you and that's the Lord. You believe that, don't you? You want You believe that the Lord wants to use you, right? So you have the Lord and he's after you and you got the devil and he's after you. Isn't it wonderful to be so wanted? Don't you just feel wonderful about this? To know that Two of the greatest powers are after you? Well, anyway. Romans chapter 8. We've come through, you know, seven chapters where it seems like all is hopeless. There's just no way we can do what God wants us to do. The Christian life is just so hard. And it bogs us down and it's almost impossible. Well... If we understand a few things, it can help us. So when you get to the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, it talks about the Holy Spirit mentioned over and over and over again. In other words, as though He is the power to help us do the things we're supposed to do. And so He makes a statement up here in verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me Free from the law of sin and death. Now keep this in mind. When you're born into an old sinful body with a sinful nature, you're trapped and you'd love to be free. The law that God gave condemns everybody that sins, and we'd like to be free from the law that condemns me because of my sin. But there's nothing wrong with the law, the problem is with us. We have the desire to sin. We are naturally rebellious. And so therefore we want our own way, and therefore we transgress the law. So we'd love to be free from that, because you see, if I could be free from the law of sin, then I could be free from the law of death. Those are laws, and those laws can't be changed, So what God has to do to maintain his his justice, yes, he sent Christ into the world and he died on the cross and paid for our sins. And so the Holy Spirit, when you're born by the Spirit, is the Spirit of life. And the Spirit of life means that you're now free to live. You see, when you're not saved, you're free to die. You're free to sin. That's what you do. That's what we do. So how can I be free from the law? Of sin and death. And that is by trusting Christ as our Savior. So once you trust Christ as your Savior, the righteousness that could not be fulfilled by the flesh, the first birth, can be fulfilled by the second birth. And therefore, his righteousness is to be fulfilled in us. Not necessarily by us, but in us. So we look there in verse 3. For what the law could not do, what could not the law do? It could not make you produce the fruits of righteousness. The law cannot make you live holy. The law could not make you live godly. The law could not make you perfect. But there's something else that did. So he says here in verse 3, In that it was weak through the flesh, the first birth. It couldn't fulfill Couldn't produce. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Now, he didn't come in sinful flesh. It was in the likeness of sinful flesh. In other words, he came into this world in the likeness of man, as it says in Philippians 2. So, Jesus Christ came into the world in a body in order to do something. To set us free from the law that condemned us because of sin... And the consequences that resulted in death. Eternal separation from the Lord. So he makes the statement here in verse 4. That the righteousness. Get this. The righteousness of the law. Might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit. See the Holy Spirit now living within you. And to walk with the Lord. The new birth can only perform. Fruits of righteousness. But here in the book of. Romans in chapter 8, there's something that God wants to produce in our life. Does God want you and I to serve Him and live right? Yes, He does. And that's why He says here, to those that are in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. And now look in verse 5, look in verse 5. It gives you the, the contrast, you know, the differences in what different ones produce. And that if you as a child of God, you know you have the flesh birth and you have the spiritual birth. The new birth. For they that are after the flesh. Now see, when it refers to sometimes you'll see the words in the flesh, in the flesh. Well, the lost man is in the flesh. The saved man walks after the flesh. Because God doesn't see him in the flesh. God sees him in the spirit. So you are spiritually born of God. So God sees you in your position You're in the Spirit. doesn't mean you're spiritual. It just means that's your position in Christ. So he says, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. So this is talking, I believe, to the Christian who can be carnally minded. Of course, the lost man is. And so if you walk in the flesh, you know what it's going to produce. You're going to waste your life, and your heavenly Father will have to chasten you. And if you walk in the flesh, which means after the ways of your own will, then you're not going to produce the fruits of righteousness that he wants. So he says, if you are spiritually minded, you mind the spirit. So have you ever had children, and you say, you know, they just don't mind me. What do you mean they don't mind you? It means they don't do what I tell them to do. You mean that they're disobedient. So you can be spiritually minded, which means you mind the spirit. Or you can be fleshly minded, means you mind the flesh. Because you've got these two births and you've got two sets of desires. So which one controls your life? Which one do you yield to? Which do you desire? So he says here, In verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Or the first birth, the flesh birth. And he says, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. It cannot obey the flesh. It cannot obey the law of God. Regardless of how hard you cannot produce the fruits of righteousness. That's why you needed a new birth. So then he says in verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So you have now the freedom to live the way God wants you to. You have the power to perform. But like he says there in Romans in chapter 7 and verse 18, he says, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Well, now chapter 8 is telling them how to perform and what God has done for us. So you have within you the power that God has Used to raise up Jesus from the dead. And that's why he says there in verse eleven, For the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. And if it had the power to raise him from the dead and give him life, then that's what he's also done for us. So we have new life given to us. So if the devil wanted to get to me, how would he get to me? Well he can't get to me through my spirit. He has to come through the flesh. Now, we know that our body is what makes us world conscious. We're conscious of the world. Why? Because the body is our connection to the world. Without my body, I have no connections here. It means that I have to move out. That This is my house. This is where I live in this body. And so if you go away with my body, I, I can't stay here. I have to go somewhere else. And it's either heaven or, you know. So, I have a body, and this body sees the world, except for Tom back there, you can't see it. And you can hear, and you can feel. And so, there's things that are in the world that you may desire, because of what you see and what you hear, what you touch. But um, your connection to God is through your spirit. That's what makes you spiritual or spiritually minded. But the Bible says we were spiritually dead. That means we were severed from the Lord. So the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, I have not seen the body. Ear hath not heard the the body. The things which God has prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us. By his spirit. So there's things that God has revealed to us. That are spiritually discerned. Now if the lost man. Who is spiritually dead. He cannot understand. Those spiritual things. Because they're foolishness unto him. Because they are spiritually discerned. And he doesn't have that. So the natural man receiveth not the things. Of the spirit of God. So. When you and I trust Christ as our Savior, if you look up there in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And many believe that this means that those that are being led by the Spirit of God, these are becoming the mature sons of God. So you can't mature in the Lord as a child of God without the Holy Spirit within you. And so he's talking about walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. There's therefore no no condemnation to those that are in Christ, those who walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. So, we are to understand that if you look there in uh, verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our flesh. No. Bears witness with our what? Spirit, that we are the children of God. That's a spiritual birth. And our spirit is renewed in the sense the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us that is our communication to God so God has to come to me through my spiritual understanding so he has given us a spiritual book even though I can see it and all that. this is a spiritual revelation comes from God didn't come from the world so God is after me God wants me So he has given to me his spirit, after I trust him as my Savior, to indwell me. And because I have his spirit living within me, his spirit is to teach me and to lead me, to guide me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is to magnify Christ. The Holy Spirit's not here to magnify himself. So those that are always talking about the spirit know. The Holy Spirit magnifies Christ. But anyway, you are... Now connected to God and you can be spiritually minded means that you let his mind dwell in your mind. You learn to think the way God wants you to think and as you study the word of God, you'll find out what God feels about everything, how he thinks about things, what he thinks is right and wrong. So you're discerning through your spirit. You cannot discern those things through the body. Now here I am. And I've mentioned this before, that when you have the body, God wants this body of ours to stay healthy. Because, you see, this belongs to the Lord now. My body, where I live, belongs to Him. So He has authority over my body. And if I violate this body and don't take care of this body, then I can't stay here as long as maybe I'd like to. So how you and I take care of the body is going to depend upon how much God is able to use us. Because when the body doesn't go, there's a lot of limitations upon you. So that's the reason I am to take care of this body that I have. Some people, they don't care about the body. They'll eat anything that they want. They get on drugs and they do alcohol. You name it and they do it. then they ruin this body. And then there's there's things they can't do because, well, my health won't allow me. But make sure that your bad health isn't because you had bad habits that produced the bad health. So honor the body because God wants you to. Because this is what you have to use in order to serve the Lord here on planet Earth. Now, if the devil wanted to get at me and we know that he does, then how is the devil going to get... The devil doesn't come at me through the word of God. Now, he can misquote it, but if you know the truth, you can defend. So, the devil has to go with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the body, the pride of life. And you want fame, honor, and glory. And those things can so drive you that you become... Carnally minded means fleshly minded. It's not what God wants. It's what you want. And so there's a conflict. So if you use the body and what you see. To guide you. Then you don't have adequate leadership. It's the Holy Spirit that lives within you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you according to God's word. Otherwise. How does the devil get to you? By the things that you see, things that you hear, and the lust of the flesh, you know, the pride of life. You want to be something, to be somebody, because you want people to know who you are and recognize you and blah, 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 blah. And if you live for that, you'll chase those things. But it may not be what God wants you to have. You'll always be wiser if you will just do what God wants you to do and let God take care of all this other stuff. But you do have a body, and the devil is going to use the things of the body to get to you. That's why you have to be careful what you see and what you hear. And believe it or not, it might even be important to watch what you eat or put into the body. Do you think all that can be important? Those are areas of your life where you have to discern. My body belongs to the Lord. My spirit belongs to the Lord. Now, where does it say in the Bible, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you're not your own? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Where? Yes. So you need to know who do you belong to? If you know who you belong to, then you know who has the authority over you. You are not the authority. I am not the authority. I believe that the Lord, well, I guess you could call him a dictator, but he tells us what he wants us to do. But he gives us a lot of freedom within boundaries. And so if we will do what God wants us to do, then God can bless our lives and so on. And if not, you know that The Lord is after you, and he uses the word of God and other believers that are doing what's right to tell us and so forth to help us. And then the devil has also got his own messengers. We often think about, you know, in Matthew chapter 7, and false prophets, you know, are like, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, and um, you should know them by their fruit. We often talk about them as though... Those are the preachers of the false churches. But did you know it could be your neighbor? It could be somebody that sits in church with us every Sunday. Somebody that tells you what the devil told them. Maybe through somebody else. Did you know that it's possible for God's children, if they don't guard themselves and watch what they think, can be carnally minded and teach the very things... That the devil wants them to teach. and instead of edifying and building up, they destroy. Christians in the flesh are wonderful tools for the devil to use. And children of God in the spirit are wonderful tools for the Lord to use. You and I are the one that determine whether or not are we in the spirit or walking after the flesh. So whichever one we do, we have consequences. And so therefore, I know that if I would serve the Lord, I know my Heavenly Father is going to bless me here and reward me there. But it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have sorrow in this life, troubles in this life. So look there, because the devil will use the opposite to try to discourage you. So look what he says there in verse 18. Verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, now that's the time in which we live, in the body, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, there's nothing that you and I are going to go through in this life, in this present time, that's worthy to be compared with what God has for you. Now you can't see what God has for you. Did you know that whenever I was young and just 22 years old, and wife and two kids, make it up my mind to go to Bible college, I had no clue how it was going to make my life better. I had no clue. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just, I'm going to Bible college. But after I finished Bible college, I was so glad I did. And now that it's been 40-something years later, I'm really glad I did. But I could not see down the road to know, you know, what's going to be the value. What has happened since he is, can't be compared to the sleepless nights, the financial difficulties, all the problems that I went through, all the heartaches, it can't compare with the enjoyment of victory after victory after victory in serving the Lord. And that's just here. It hasn't anything to do with when I get to heaven. So we know that when we get there, that the sufferings of this present time, all added together, is nothing compared to what God has for us. That's why we should keep serving the Lord. If we know we don't see how it's going to work out, but we just know that it will. And we have God's word on it. That's why he says in Romans 8 28, look in Romans 8 28. This is a verse that many people use as, well, this is my favorite verse. Really? And then you hear him whine and pine and moan and groan about everything that goes wrong in life. But look what he says For we know that all things. All things work together for good, not to the person that's walking in the flesh, but to the person that's walking in the Spirit, because it says, to them that love God, loving God, he says, if you love me, serve me. Do you think he's talking about you being carnally minded or spiritually minded? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carly minded is just the opposite. So we know that all things work together for good. To them, look what he says. To them that love God. To them who are the called according to those two words. His purpose. So we're talking about the person that walks in the spirit according to his purpose. All things work together for his good. Now, when you rebel against the Lord, and you don't walk with God as you ought to, and you're carnally minded, fleshly minded, materialistically minded, no, you're not going to agree with Romans 8:28, Unless you decide that being chastened of the Lord could be a good thing for you. Because rest assured, He is going to beat the tar out of you. We cannot live as we please and get away with it. But we do have the choice of either walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. But if we do, whichever one, there is consequences to them. I've watched people who walk in the flesh, and I think, I don't think I like that. And I've seen those that serve the Lord. I said, I'd rather have that. And we don't know how much time we have to live. But whatever time God gives to us, We ought to use it for His honor and for His glory. And to realize that God, through His Spirit, is to shape me and transform me from the inside that I might use this body to serve Him. So that I look at the world through spiritual eyes. Mike Carter wrote a song, If I could see this world the way He sees, then I just know I would be more faithful and serve Him, as He goes, more faithfully. So, yes, we have the body. There's nothing wrong with the body, that it, but it just has a sinful nature. But the body is a house. It's a tool that we can use on planet Earth. So, therefore, yes, we are to use this body... For his honor and for his glory. And when you misuse the body. Which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He says him shall God destroy. So God may take you home before your time. I would serve the Lord with all your heart. And keep getting up. Let's pray shall we. Father we thank you so much for your word that you've given us. And help us to dwell at times on some of these thoughts. To know what we need to keep in mind and apply. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come before you. We ask your blessings upon those that watch by it's internet. In we also pray, Lord, your blessings upon the service Christ of the Christ would take my place?
0: Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel-Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.